Just waiting for that last three seconds. All right, and we're online. Hey, hello, Internet. How's it going? Scuba and Arai here for another Tuesday night discussion. Talking about things and everything in between. And maybe of course. spitting some rhymes eh. that combine in we'll the time. We'll, we'll, see about, we'll see what beats we drop. So. I drop beats. <laughs> corny and puns. Intended, people. Intended. Oh, yes, yes. Must, 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 be, must be good with those. Yes. So, what's been going on, Arai? What's been going on? Just, uh... Lots of stuff going on at work. Lots of fun be happening at home and everywhere in between. Just, oh, really? Uh, just uh, you know, um, catching up on shows and doing a lot of other things. Went to IKEA over the weekend. Uh oh. Yeah, that's always a fun adventure. Yeah, yeah, that's one. That's definitely one way to put it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, just um, just uh, perusing because looking for a new couch. Oh, really? Yeah. Any particular one you look for? Um, nothing, uh, nothing that, that is, I'm um, specific on a certain thing, but there was a couple couches that we saw that caught our eye. Oh, really? So I'll check another couple furniture stores, and if I am sold on the one that we saw at Ikea, then that's the one I'll buy. All right. It's a corner couch. A corner couch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's, so what's, what's, anything in particular about it? Um, it's a corner couch. That's it? It'll, just the way we have I mean, does it have, like, extra storage inside of it? Does it have, I mean... It, it gives enough seating room, especially with the new TV. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is, this is a, your house, okay. Yes. Gotta watch out for that forest, birds and stuff, you know. <laughs> there we go. So, yeah, so Ikea, yeah, couch shopping. Couch shopping, caught up on some game, play, you know, went back and started playing some games, which we'll talk about later. Games are always um, fun. Movies, finally got to watch the last of the last film. Yes, which we're going to talk about, so let me just try and spoil that. And other than that, uh, celebrated uh, Sunday was National Pizza Day. So I went and got really? me a pizza. Yeah. Wow, I yeah. missed National Pizza Day. Yeah, <laughs> lots of good discounts on pizza that day. <sighs> okay it's all right I'm trying to i'm trying to get off of the carb thing you know well yeah i understand but i run every other day so it just kind of equates it's all right i will get there yeah they get me and the trainer talked and it's like if i get under i get under 300 pounds then i can start doing the running thing and so that's the goal yeah. once oh, i get yeah. some of the crazy out of the way because you know yeah. you know hard time getting to the gym lately oh yeah it, it can be it's all about you know finding the time but it's uh going to the gym is my uh is my peace is my stress reliever so when i hit the track and i run i'm just in a nice peaceful zone and that is at the same rec center that we used to go to that's got go, the upstairs track uh, or do you, you go somewhere to, else that you're talking about williams farm yeah i yeah. think so but also kempsville's rec center has a track too so i go oh, there a wow. lot more than williams farm just that's closer to your house isn't it williams farm is oh williams kempsville, farm yeah but kempsville has I, li I like the track that's right. Didn't they just rebuild that a couple years ago? Yeah. Cool. It's like a figure eight. It's like a figure eight where the way it goes around the gym, but it's fun track. And oh, you have good. a good idea of how far you go because on the sign that tells you, it tells you how many laps equal a mile. So you know ah. exactly how far you go for in a mile and then if you want to go more or less, you know. Sounds good. Sounds good. But that's pretty much it. Other than that, just... um. Keep um, prepping for that test, uh, that GRE <laughs> test. I'm 
you take to get into grad school. Yeah, I can't wait to see. It's like finally, it's like, all right, did you? Did, are we done? Did, did we ta- pass it? Are we good? I have no idea. Not till March six, people. That's when I'll take it. So, go to the library and study. But I also did finish up a book I was reading too. Oh, really? What book? Um, it was a book. Um, it's like a pseudo biopic, but it's called a Last Interview with Anthony Bourdain. Mm. So what it's it's a series of books and it focuses on a different people, but what it does it takes the interviews of the people and transcribes it into you know into the book and you read it and it just kind of links like a story between them so you get an idea of a more intimate um, relationship to what the person is about. Okay. So this one is all the interviews leading up to you know his eventual passing. Gotcha. Gotcha. But it, it was a good read. It was a different kind of read because it's not a typical novel because you're reading, you know, interviews. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's just seeing the back and forth and seeing just the raw detail of just somebody in conversation. It's very it's very enlightening. But also at the same time, it helps uh, me being a writer. It gives me other different entails on how to write, what to write, and what to focus on on writing. So. That's probably one of the best things you want to yep. do. Story. You want to read stories as yeah. that you're going to tell stories so that. So. You get, get some ideas. I did see another one of that series at Target that I might pick up. Hmm. It, um, it's a last interview with Keanu Reeves. So I want to go ahead and pick it up. But the next book I'm going to read is another biopic. It's the Elton John biopic. last biopic I read was Killing Patton. Um, okay. I read that on uh, Kindle a few years back. That I found that was uh, interesting. That was... Um, and I can't remember the author's name, but I know he's like he was a he was a show host on Fox for a long time. I can't remember his name right now. It's escaping me. It'll come back. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come back. But yet, <clears throat> more to come with that biopic. It's a, yeah, it's a lot thicker book than the one I just finished, but I'll get through it. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Well, for me, I've been uh, kind of back and forth on a few things. Okay. Um, big thing, and this is something to talk about, is. Uh, last week after our show, I, uh, one of our friends, uh, gave me some feedback on, on the show because he, he thought he would decided to check it out. Okay. And I really appreciate the feedback and I've been starting to incorporate it. One of the things I did is I'm redoing our Facebook page for the studio. I'm, I'm gonna, the current one up there is going to be up there for a little while longer. I'm rebuilding it so that I can get some. Because one of his big comments was like brand consistency. Okay. Which is an interesting conversation. I had that conversation about a couple of different brands, but thinking about my brand and yeah. the, the studio, the show, whatever. And that when we first started, I mentioned I had all these little pieces all over the place and that I hadn't really, and I just was kind of using them. Well, now yeah. it's like, all right, we've been doing this 34 times now. Yeah. It's, I need to get, make this a little more consistent as I get into growing. I'm yeah. still waiting on some artwork. Uh, I commissioned some, some artworks and logos. So I'm waiting for the, the, the concepts to come back so I can go through that. Um, oh, I'm pins and needles. I can't wait to see it. And so one of the things I did is I also went through our, the Twitch channel and the face and the, uh, mixer channel today and renamed them to scuba studio. Okay. So now they're now it's pretty now it's kind of consistent across it. Scuba Studio, Scuba Studio, Scuba Studio. Yeah. The new Facebook page will be Scuba Studio. 
um, may do another page at Scuba and the Rye that's yeah. more of a community focus. Yeah. Playing with the various templates, because I realize now that when we did the first one, it was just the marketplace one, like a storefront. Mm -hmm. We're not really a storefront, per se. It's not something really. else. So I'm trying a different format, and I just got to work through that yeah. on top of everything else. So joys of being an amateur content studio. Yeah. <laughs> I that have is to, a good thing. It, it's it, like it, where I have time, I mess with this yeah, stuff. But it's a good thing because the more feedback you get, the more you have things to think about. Oh, and yeah. It helps so, improve going forward. Yes, and I even have some feedback, uh, which was some of that feedback I incorporated in here. Like when we get to our closing, we actually, I actually have created little tags that have uh, where to find us, the links or whatever, so people could jot that down and or and go to those sites if they wanted to find us. Hopefully, get a little more activity there. Oh, hi, Saladin. Thanks for joining us, man. We missed you. <laughs> but, um, so it was going through all of that. And then, um, another thing is, is started working on the prep work for a new D&D group. There you go. This do this is going to be the group called, this group is called No Quarter. And this group is going to start, we got our, we have our first session next Friday. Okay. And this will be a, a new group of players. Um, it'll be a Friday night deal. And I'm actually going, I'm not hosting it here at the clubhouse. Okay. I'm actually going to one of their houses to do the DM stuff. So looking forward to that. I think we might have an, a, a seat or two open. Still got to work those details out. But our first session, which is, first sessions are always, hi, how you doing? My name is Bob. And <laughs> I'm Charlie. <laughs> yes. I'm Karen. I, I, I'm a halfling rogue or I'm a, I'm a high elf rogue. You know, it's like, okay, yeah. talking about the characters and kind of get that first, okay, welcome to the world and let's see what you're going to do now. Yeah. Um, but I'm still working on the module build that I found in one of the old dungeon magazines. And I'm trying to work on getting maps and, and terrain built. Like, there's a mansion I actually want to build, but I've been working on trying to get the images and get them to the right scale so that I could build it out and have it as there. So, hopefully in the next few session, few episodes, you'll start to see that getting constructed on a table in the background. <laughs> Somewhere behind here, people. Yep. So, we'll see if we can't sneak that in. Um, and then, that, under that, it was... Uh, more fun and fun out on the airsoft field this past weekend was kind of was kind of rough rough well definitely well, rough in the sense that it was all that rain yeah it um hmm yeah, um, that rain that yeah rain did, did some damage well here we go time for a story okay so i go out to the field okay saturday and i go my normal route yeah well i'm getting down the road and this is uh, on Bunch Walnuts on the way to Balahack Road. Mm -hmm. Well, I go down Bunch Walnuts, and it's like I start to run into puddles. Okay. I'm thinking, no biggie. Have yeah. Jeep, we'll travel. Yeah. I get through the first half of the puddles, and I get to the halfway point, which is this bridge. And then I look at the puddles going past, and I start, to, and my confidence in driving to the <laughs> in, in, in driving in these puddles starts yeah. to wane. Now I realized I done screwed up. Okay. I was going too fast because the my engine or my hood and all that was smoking. <laughs> uh, um, so I decided to play it safe and yeah. try to figure out another way to the field. Of yeah, course, okay. uh, keeping in mind, up until this point, I only know of 
one way to get to the field. Yeah. And that is through via bunch walnuts. Okay. So as I pass, I come across one of the other guys who just bought a Jeep. So, hey, yeah. the Balahack Jeep community is is definitely growing. Okay. And he shows me another way to the field. So I get a little, I get, I'm a little late, late getting there because of all the, the rain. Yeah. But the next day going out there and that road is closed. A bunch of walnuts actually has the sign spanning it going high water road closed. <laughs> well, that really, uh, takes away from, uh, swimming in the water. Yeah. And some of it, you actually see the water kind of really, it was really moving across the road. It's like, mm. yeah, maybe I should not. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should, you know, like find another route just, just to play it safe. Just saying. Um, and of course this week is Valentine's week, so that's why we have our Valentine's picture up here tonight. Hearts for you peoples. Oh yes, because we love you. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, um, actually going to try and do things for that, I guess, first time in a while. Going to go check out Farmhouse, that's what we were talking about. Yeah, uh, hopefully we can, we can try to get out there. Well, if you can get out there, great. I'm definitely going to go check it out because apparently they're doing an event um, that's like dark beer and chalk and, and desserts. That's the thing. And it's um, like, I'm not the biggest beer drinker, but I have found the beer that I like. And when it said dark beer, it kind of peaked an eyebrow. <laughs> so, you know, and then the fact that the Twisted Sister is going to be out there. Yeah, cupcakes. Yeah, so that's another reason to go. So I wanna say hopefully we can go, you know, who I'm speaking to. Yep, so, yeah, I'm going. Yeah, that's who I was speaking to. I'm, <laughs> I'm going. We're making no. plans. I'm actually going to go out and do something fun. That should be fun. Because, you, know. you know, I'm like a homebody. I never go anywhere. Except work. Lots and lots of work. Yeah. Lots of work. <laughs> so, yeah, we uh, there's plans. Um, so, yeah. I think that's pretty much it. Um, so, announcement-wide, we're, like I was saying, we're going to rename... We're fixing on the naming and getting some more consistency on the brand okay and before we get yeah, too yeah. much further in there we're going to do a shout out to sirenscape Thank for you. the backgrounds and soundboards that we're using um last last week i don't think we could hear it too well i think this week we're on track with hearing them so kind of get our nice little ambiance for today okay and uh i have some other links and references and shout outs which we'll talk about as we get to those sections so with that, I think we'll go ahead and start transitioning over to our movie reviews. Movie reviews. All right. So movie reviews. What are we looking at this week? We have a couple. We do. Our first one up is one I was actually really hoping maybe I could have got time to go watch with you, and that is Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of and the Fabulous Emancipation of One Fantabulous. Harley Quinn. Fantabulous. Fantabulous. Fantabulous people. All right. So. So tell me how how we, this is Margot Robbie's second run as. The character Harley Quinn. Yes. So, what what is up with this film? Because it feels like it's a 
crazy. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it it is crazy. It is it is pretty over the top. Mm-hmm. But it was an unexpected treat of sorts because it takes place. It, well, it predicates on the fact that it takes place after Suicide Squad. No mm-hmm. ties to Suicide Squad, but you know it takes it's place after, after the events yeah, of after Suicide the Squad. Event. Okay. So we find Harle- Harlequin played by Margot Robbie, and the, the whole story is predicated on the fact that she's uh, splitting up from Joker. She so, actually. She left. So she's going on her merry little way through a little different comical hijinks and a lot of different, you know, visual, like, noise of colorful mm-hmm. and antics. And what happens is is the fact that she was very protected being a Joker's girl. Mm-hmm. And now that she's free, there is um, plenty of people go- coming after her, including the main bad guy in this film, Black Mass, played by uh, Ewan McGregor. Oh, hate to point this out, but you actually have a spelling error now. Probably. This is Black Mask. I'm like, no, Black Mask. Okay. I'll fix that later. <laughs> but thank you. That's what good eyes do when you're tired in <laughs> writing. But That's why you shouldn't That's why you shouldn't post till you've had a chance to review it. I do. Unless you're, like, recording live. Then it's like, oh, hey, yeah, we're just doing this. Yeah. <laughs> I can fix that later. All right. But, so, Ewan McGregor is Black Mask. Yeah, Black Mask. Judging from the commercials, it looks like he had a lot of fun. He had a lot of fun. On top of every other character in this in this film, including you know Harley Quinn, so what you go into the film, you figure you get to see a very um, um, you get to see Harley Quinn and a bunch of other femme fatales that have to team up together to take out Black Mass because he's out to get every single one of them. Okay. So because they they're saying each one of them has some has some Black Mask has a reason to kill each person. Oh yeah. So yeah, everyone has some kind of connection to Black Mask, whether they're working for him, came across him, pissed him off, whatever it was. Yeah, and then there's a specific uh, uh, um, MacGuffin that happens in the film mm. that brings them all together. So it focuses on a very you know typical uh, teaming up to stop the bad guy trope, but the oddities of the individuals and the genuine feel of the journey makes the film a wonderful treat because it's so bombastic it's just so unpredictable with the action sequences and just the witty dialogue between the characters you really don't know what's going to happen so what are its strongest points the strongest points is that uh freneticism of the action set pieces and the the mixing of that witty darkened dialogue because it is i did not know this going in but it is rated r so mm-hmm. they did lift lift up the veil, so it allows the characters to actually be, um, be outrageously funny and mature with the content. It's not bombastic where it's just dropping, you know, you know, f bombs all over the place. But you okay. know, it's just enough to where they're not being held back, aka Suicide Squad, because of the rating. They're just they let loose. Okay. So, that that's the the visual prowess of the film makes it a worthy treat. Alright, so what are its what are what's its weakest point? The weakest point is that uh, when the when they eventually start to work together, because the whole like first half of the film, you watch all these different characters, you know, working separate, and then it does a very choppy back and forth. So it moves forward, and then Harley Quinn does like an exposition. Well, this is how this happens. So everything's fragmented, and then when it comes together. It starts to become very predictable. Like you know exactly, you know, all these people got to get together to take out him, and it reveals some of the faults when you rely too much on visual gags and stylized appeal. 
So it leans more on that style over substance and you start to see the weakness of the script because there's not really any development. It's just more of a, just a, a colorful sensation of craziness. This is, this is more visual, yeah. less yeah. everything else. But it doesn't completely ruin the movie because once it starts to lean towards that, it brings it back to that enjoyment and it just turns into one insane action set piece in the third act okay so how is our villain is our villain actually has some substance to them or yeah. are we doing because so many comic book movies we've seen lately the villain is very one-dimensional very the, the muscle twirling villain yeah, yeah or it's it's like they're only there for the purpose of plot there is there you I mean, with the exception of a few notable ones like Ultron, Killmonger, um, even Thanos. It's like they're not... A lot of the other ones really aren't there as far as substance. How is... And Ian McGregor, I mean, this guy, he's done a lot of film. A lot of his films all have some substance with his character. I mean, so how does he kind of work with this uh villain what you come to find out is like he takes a, a a typical trope that it starts with not how he's introduced but just the basis and he pushes it within the colorfulness of the film okay so he makes the, the character very uh, multi-dimensional within his flamboyantness because it's it's very the flamboyantness disguises his menacing act because you think he's just you know just messing around and then he doesn't and he does some really like gruesome stuff in this movie, so it's just it's like a counterbalance that makes it funny, but it doesn't push it too far to where it beats cheesy. Okay. So, all right. So he so, has substance, but you know his motivation is is very typical of um, Batman mobster lo- mobster. But with that colorfulness, it does add you know extra flavor to the. Trope. I mean, you got to be a particular person to wear a mask like that. Black, yeah, be black known mask. as black mask like yeah. that. And you have to predicate the fact that it is based in Gotham, so a lot of the villains in the rogue gallery are crazy. So. Yeah, I can go with that. <laughs> I can go with that. All right, so what are we calling it? Um, it's a very fun. Um, it's a very fun film. It goes it goes above a, a typical comic book film because it's not an origin tale. It's not one predicated on good versus bad. It has elements of the DC lore and it it allows it to be its own thing within its source material. So even when the style over substance might wane at parts, it's still fun. Uh, matinee, three point five out of five. All right, three point five out of five. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. All right. Dun. Next up. We have Parasite, winner of Best Picture at the Oscars. Best Picture, Director, Original Screenplay, and International Film. Okay, so obviously this has got some uh, high praise, and let's see how you rated it. Just the funny thing on the rating before, I'm not going to give away the rating, people, but just the funny thing, one of our friends said in our group meet chat, he kind of made a chuckle about my rating after the fact. He's like, that's interesting that you gave it that after the fact. But we'll get to that, people. Yeah, it's kind of hard to rate. It's kind of hard to, because I got to I, I ask you, because I'm sure people are going to wonder, if this is posted after the award was announced, are we saying that your rating was influenced by the fact that it won so no. many awards? No. Okay. No. You'd be the it judge. It was before, because I watched the movie way before. I posted it, just time. It's just time. That's the only time I had a time to write. Okay. Write out that my outline of my thoughts. So. All right. So this is a foreign film, right? Yeah, for South Korean. 
South Korean. Yep. Okay. So talk to me about this film. Tell me about okay. Parasite. Parasite is um, is a South Korean film directed by uh, uh, a popular international director, Bong Joon Ho. Mm-hmm. Um, he he is known around the world. He has some really strong films, but this is one of his like breakout films. Okay. Um, this film centers around a um, a family in South Korea, and the main character's name is Kaite, and his family are um, are are low class a low class family living in the slums of of I assume it's Seoul, a Seoul, but I'm not gonna. Really, I don't really know the town, mm-hmm. but it's in one of the metropolitan areas in South Korea. They're Something living... that, regardless of the yeah. uh, of the location yeah. the film was done, uh, people can identify yeah. a, a family yeah. in, the, in in the lower income yeah. of any so, major metropolitan area. So they're living in the slums of the metropolitan area in okay. Korea, and through uh, through um, chance, he gets um, offered a job as an English tutor for this wealthy family, the Park family. That live in Korea. Um, what starts to happen is that once he gets in as the tutor for their daughter, um, he starts to slowly um, wing, um, bring in his other other parts of the family: his mom, his father, his do- um, sister, uh, conning their way into their lives as working, you know, either as the driver, as another tutor, as you know, um, the housekeeper. So they kind of con their way into into their lives because they need to find a way to make money. So they're pretty much con artists, and that's all they do. So once they start conning this family, they get entangled in a in a in a web of um, being attached to them, and vice versa, the the Park family being attached to them because they rely so much on their labor to do their own world, you know, do their own work. So what happens is is that in the film there is a certain incident I'm not going to give it away because it does spoil it that it uh, tumbles their both their lives in disarray. Hmm. So it's a pretty much a dark comedy, but with elements that dramatize that dramatizes Korean society. So, okay. Well, I'd be disappointed if it yeah. didn't. But the main crux of this film is the indifference of the class divide in Korea. And what it highlights is the fact that how society, regardless of where it is, is still mimicking the same way the difference of wealth disparity. But also the reliance, the whole point of the title Parasite, you might think that one uh, side is... Let me, let, me, let me throw in there because okay. this, is, this is me. I have not watched this okay. film. I parasite foreign film. I'm thinking sci-fi. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, sci-fi thing, um, horror thing. We've we all can think of name movies where it's some kind of sci-fi horror element okay. to it. This, based on your description, is this does not sound like it's. This sounds like it would be a character piece that you would see maybe Scorsese or. Some of those others would do. Scorsese, and one of the directors that he uh, is inspired by is Scorsese. So a lot of his films that he writes, even the monster films. So you picked up on Parasite. He's known for monster films like The Host and Okja on Netflix. As long as the, you think of craziness when you hear that title, he also directed um, Snowpiercer with Chris Evans back in the day, a few years ago. The one oh, where he wow. was on the train. So a lot of your thoughts 
would have made sense because that's the kind of films he does. And this one is more grounded and yeah. le- more of a society, more of a more of a character and yeah. societal piece. So, so okay, all right. So is there anything really weak about this film? Honestly, watching this film, what this is one of the best written scripts I've seen in quite a while. Probably the best written script I have seen since Spotlight, which I've mentioned when I did my top, you know top fifteen films of the decade. And the reason I say that because the the way the movie moves, you become endeared to the characters, not just one side or the other, but to both. And what you learn about this is that through just general conversational techniques and just subtle physical mannerisms, the relationships that build put a, a, a satirical aspect on realism. So as much as it's um, predicated on typical drama tropes, mm-hmm. there is an honest feel to watching how the, the family, uh, how one family yearns for the, the wealth of the parks. And then you see the latter has an unfathered attachment to their people that work for them because of their guise of ignorance. They don't realize what they're doing to them and vice versa. Ah. And then once you once the film because it starts off as a dark comedy, dark satire, and then when that incident happens, it starts to shift, but not like a quick shift. Like it doesn't make any sense. There's because it's a melding of genres. That makes you understand where all the characters are coming from and why they're doing what they're doing. You're understanding why uh, Kai, uh, Kai Tick and his family are conning everybody, not just them. But they start they start out the film just conning a pizza delivery service. It's not a spoiler. This is in the first five minutes. But so you know that even though they're living low, it's kind of their fault. But just that idea of watching how both are leaning on each other. The conversations it's just very subtle there's hints okay so it doesn't it's a smart script and it's one of the ones that i like because it allows you allow you rely on the smarts of your audience you don't just force feed you know exposition force feed this is going to lead to this no it's very subtle hints like when when you just see somebody look in a certain way somebody sit in a certain way uh some people being trapped a certain way it, it hints to something you don't know but then when it comes back around full circle, it's just like aha moment. Mm. So that's why I say all it's right. a smart one of the well, a very well written script. So all right, enough. No, we know it won. It, it it won quite a few things at the Oscars, but the rating I care about is how did what did you rate it? Um, I rated it a four point five out of five. It's an award worthy film. Obviously. Because once once everything comes full circle, it builds upon that characterization and constant. There are harsh consequences to what both sides are doing to each other. Okay. Harsh consequences. All right. All right. So all right, we're good with that. We're good with that. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> now, it's been a while since we talked. Did this, but we also have a TV review, right? Uh, a TV review. Are you Are you ready for it? I am ready for it. I mean, honestly, this I'm thinking this review would be better for Halloween, but, hey, you know, we're not going to wait that long. And that is, we're, you just finished uh, going through the uh, Sabrina Netflix series. Yep, uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Season 3. Season 3. All right. Talk to me about Sabrina. Um, Sabrina. This is one I've been meaning to watch. I just haven't gotten around to watching it yet. Oh, yeah. Um, season 3... Um, follows um, Sabrina as she has to. The whole predication of season three is the aftermath of season two. 
So at the end of season two, spoiler alert, um, um, the devil comes to earth. He's trying to merge both, and then through you know convenient subplots and all this stuff, they stop him. But the way they stop him is that they entrap the devil and Sabrina's boyfriend because of the skill, you know, certain skills that he has. So uh, Lilith takes over hell because somebody has to has to rule it. Oh, and who better? And so and so now season three picks up after that, and. Through certain circumstances, Sabrina has to take control of hell, you know, become the queen of hell. Um, but also because of the fact that the devil is not at the head of hell anymore, it throws the cosmos in disarray. So older witches start to come back into the fray, pagan witches. So there's a fight between the witches that worship the devil, pagan witches, Along the fact that Sabrina has to fight this um, this contender for hell, because if he wins, he's going to turn Earth into the tenth level of hell, Dante's Inferno. So there's a lot of storytelling happening within the eight episodes, because you have Sabrina working twofolds. That know. sounds like a heck of a lot of stuff to try and talk just deal with in eight oh, episodes. Yeah. How long does. is each episode? Um, they're an hour plus, right around an hour ish. So. But the thing is, is that the only reason they're able to do that because they've already developed all the characters through the first two seasons up until this point. So you're just adding the next chapter. Okay. So you don't really have to define why, what, or how people's powers are, where they come from, the relationships. You already know at this point. You have Sabrina, her aunts, uh, Zelda and Hilda, her cousin. You have the the the, um, the group of witches that they, you know, the coven. And then you now you're just adding in this extra element. Your world, there's a lot more world building in this season, in season three. That's the one thing I can notate the fact that there is a lot of world building in season three, unlike the first two, which focused on Sabrina trying to figure out her powers or whether she's going to go dark or light. So it's building the world. Okay, so what are we going? What would you? What would you rate this? Do you, um, episode by episode or just overall season? Let's go with overall season. Overall we season. Can, um, overall season, I think it was a fun, filled journey. There was a lot of suspense building. There was a lot of consequential actions to all characters uh, deciding to do certain things in in this in, in the season. Mm -hmm. But I was a little disappointed by the finale, so it brings it down a little bit because what they did in the finale, they just ju they just threw in a plot device to bring everything together, and just a a Deus Ex Machina plot device to just make well. The how to save everything, you just do this. Just because it's it's got, you know... DXS Machina, for people who don't know, is just a a godlike plot device that is just there just to... Just for a resolution. Just for a resolution. And it kind of threw me off because it doesn't make any sense. I'm not going to spoil it. I'll tell you all. Okay, later, well, but, we can tell... We'll, yeah. we'll go yeah. in-depth on yeah. this one for our Patreon okay. chat. But it's just it, it brought it down a little bit. It okay. was uh, the season was start was originally going to be my favorite until that final episode, and then once that final episode happened, I was just like, eh, it's it's average. I mean, does it look like we have some three out of five? A new like a new chapter if they do season oh, yeah. four it, it, or a continuation. The, the, the plot device wraps it up. Okay, so we but, can go someplace new. Yeah, there is someplace new hmm. because they introduce elements throughout the season that hint at a greater evil so not like a greater than devil but there's there are there are t tied to you know w witchcraft 
So. Okay. So number scale. What do we call it? Three out of five. Three out of five. That finale still worth hurts. Still worth checking yeah. it out. Oh yeah, it's still worth even with that what that finale did. They're still fun. All right. So go to Netflix. Check out Sabrina. Yeah. Be chilled by her adventures. <laughs> funny, 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 funny. Alrighty. <clears throat> All right. So I guess with that, so much fun. So yeah, we'll talk more about Sabrina a little later. Yeah, because that 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 plot despises people. It's right. yeah. So before we roll into state of game, got a couple of got a few uh, entertainment news pieces. A lot of big ones too. Oh yeah, and some of them not so much, but you know they're all interconnected. So I think uh, I think we'll go off with the big bombshell, and I don't not really a bombshell at this point, but it's just one of those things when you want to retro when you look back at your at growing up, especially for me and for you as well as a movie person. Oh, it's yeah. like some people are just iconic in the industry and um so without going too much more sideways kurt douglas passed away yes passed away the ripe old age ripe young age of 103 over a century he lived over a century he was one of those old school hollywood peeps oh yeah i mean he did a number of disney films did a lot of i mean he's the original spartacus I mean, it was... Paths to Glory, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Yeah. There's just iconic films, one after another. And plus, his son, Michael Douglas, is, you know, Hank Pym now. Yeah. And he's uh, he's no slosh when it comes no. to his craft. He, he has a lot of good acting chops, including Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a few others. But just, uh, just, um... Seeing this passing just... And in fact, it's just the fact of how long... He lived. How long he lived? Yeah, he lived the fact a that long he was good life. he was a part of a, 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 an era of Hollywood that is getting really hard to identify. Yeah, because it's a it's way back way back in a time when uh, one of the golden age of cinema, but it's one of the ones that helped evolve uh, push cinema forward. Yes, when it comes to uh, um, the grand scale of would, epics like Spartacus and then just the, the character dramas and just acting in general. He's like the epitome of the, it. Uh, the, the whole post-World War II, oh, yeah. the whole communist scare in the country, Cold War era. I mean, so much was going on in the, in, in the world when this guy was doing his thing and it was just... It's great. There was an, actually a nice little thing. Um, uh, Huffington Post uh, for this entertainment. They have a nice little homage video. Oh yeah. So I'll have a link to that in our show notes. But uh, definitely, it's definitely kind of cool. It's like it's nice to see, you know, this and that. Um, next thing we got is some. Uh, <laughs> you sent me this story. I just had to kind of giggle. Is it the next one down? I had to giggle on okay. this one a little bit, and that is, uh, it, previously he had sent me a post about Disney was eyeing Margot, Margot Robbie to be Tinkerbell. Yes. On top of that, they're also looking at having Joaquin Phoenix play Captain Hook. Really? Yeah. As reported on screen, right? It's like, come on. I mean. <sighs> so, as a, as a, 
uh, Screen Rant reports, quote, Walking Phoenix might be trading one villainous role for another. As reports say, Disney is eyeing him for the role of Captain Hook in their live-action remake, Peter Pan and Wendy. Well, no signatures are written, but they're yeah. eyeing him for that. Okay. But he might also start getting I think a lot he'd be more an steam. Awesome. I think he'd be an awesome yeah. Captain Hook. Yeah. Him just uh, picking up all the awards, including Best, Picture, uh, Best Actor at the Oscars. Yeah. You know, uh, Disney likes to use that as a jumping board for a lot of people. Mm-hmm, so, and mm-hmm. a lot of people want to work with Disney, as you see Marvel pulling in a lot of people, too. All right. Uh, okay, so our next one is uh, Sam Remy is in talks to direct Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yes. As reported, this one doesn't feel, this one feels like it's a good combo. It is a good combo, and also it it highlights another like another like if they can get him a, a win for Marvel, because you see all these different intuitive directors, and then you see another person who has that inquisitive kind of mindset with uh, you know the I Evil mean, Dead trilogy. I mean, come on, and a couple other things. There's that. There's also the 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 Sam Raimi Spider Man oh, trilogy. Yeah. I mean, uh, Spider Man Two, one of my favorites of all time, but are definitely arguably up there. Yeah. But uh, I only have my my thing is if this does turn out to be true, I'm gonna be watching Eagle Eye because gotta find out where Bruce Campbell is gonna be. Got to. He'll He's be gonna in be there in somewhere. There. He's in every one of them. <laughs> All right. Next up, hey, since we're talking about we talked about Parasite doing taking quite a few awards, it looks like HBO is on board with doing a series. It looks like. Oh yeah. And they want to have the Hulk. Play one of the characters. Yeah. As reported on ScreenNet, HBO is reportedly eyeing Mark Ruffalo to star in the network's upcoming series based on the movie. Bong Joho's critically acclaimed film, Parasite. So obviously this is good. We're going. We're yeah. ha- not only are we having a U.S. interpretation of this yeah. film, but HBO is wanting to do a series on yeah. it. That's the one thing that I actually have a positive outlook is the fact that they're doing an adaptation. A lot of times, you know, uh, Asian films and stories get adapted to america but it's like a straight retelling from movie to movie with some you know highlighted ones that have been successful like the ring and the grudge back in the day but the fact that they're taking it and making it a series it allows more development yeah and a good actor to lead of course Alrighty. um next one up is uh christian bale reportedly playing an intergalactic villain in thor 4 oh yeah what's up with this um, it is uh, being reported on screen like, that he is being um, um, talked to to play a, the villain, or one of the villains, in, in Thor, Thor uh, Love and Thunder. Hmm. So. Which character do you think it would be? Um, a lot of the rumors that were trending before were thinking Beta Ray Bill, but if it's actually going to be a villain, they think it might be some other possibilities. And I'm not that in-depth with a lot of the Thor lore. lore. Thor lore. So, the only thing I can think of is the name that they're throwing out on Screen Rant is um, Dario Auger. Hmm. Not I'll sure who that is, that out. but we'll take a look later, people. On our last one for a show that we're looking, for, we're looking forward to seeing the second season of, Witcher Season 2 will reportedly feature a familiar monster from the games. Oh, yeah. So, this should be fun, too. Oh yeah, if they're definitely pulling more, uh, more uh, game references, the games, that'll help uh, build, re- you know, game references and help lead more people to play in the game. Even though the first season actually drove up the sales of all the games. So hey, The Witcher is great. I can't wait to see the next season. Toss a coin. We'll people. probably do our stuff with that. 
Toss that coin. <laughs> Alrighty, so with that, I think we're ready to go ahead and roll into state of game. Gaming our way through the state of play. Play my game, people. So, state of game, you know, time where we talk about all the various games we are playing, maybe a little entertainment news, gaming news, uh, whether it be tabletop, video game, airsoft games, airsoft in general, it's a state of game. So, let's kick this off like we usually do. Boom. Boom. Video games. What you got? Same one. Borderlands 3, people. Borderlands 3. But now this time is that, um, now that me and my friends that are playing it, we've, uh, we, they've caught up to where I'm at in the main story. So now uh, we are working together to finish the game. So that's pretty fun. So we are working. Like if we can't play together, we're just doing the side missions. But when we can game together, we do the main mission. Nice. So it is actually... Like I was already having fun with this game. Just running it solo. But then when you add more people into it... It's a lot more fun. Nice, nice. And I just need to say, I have got the cool... It's like every time I talk about this, I say I got the coolest gun. But now, I got a really cool gun. It's a, a submachine gun. But when you reload it, you throw it. Like some guns where they explode. But this one, you throw it. It floats in the air and acts as a second gun while you shoot in your main gun from your hand. So it hovers over and uses heat. It heat seeks out the out the people. Borderlands version of spiritual weapon. Yeah, and the funny <laughs> thing is, it's not going to stay in place. So once it targets somebody and starts to run, it goes after them. Oh wow! So that's wow. the bomb gun right there, people. All right. Well, my uh, co-op game was uh, my but is uh, our friend uh, Penumbra. He's still working through some some of the Master Chief collection okay. for Xbox and. Uh, Started playing uh, ODST. Awesome. We finished Halo Five, and okay. now it's like we're starting up ODST. Which, yeah, I've, I've said it before. Is that's my favorite one of the franchise. Yeah, you've mentioned that before. I, I really enjoy that one. Not because the cast is Firefly. Not because it's not a non-Master Chief story. Don't you say it. You not sure? because it's a, it's a mystery. But you know, it's Gosh. a really good game. Yeah. <laughs> it in the obvious on the noggin. Yeah, a little bit maybe. <laughs> but if it's fun, it's fun. It's fun. It is a great time. So, and next after that, we do. I do have some D&D &D stuff. Oh, yeah. Golden Dices. Oh, yeah. D&D-wise, which I mentioned, No Quarter is going to get started. So, I'll be talking about them when we get there, and that'll be fun. But uh, this past Sunday was Agents of Short, which I know is, is your favorite group I to hear about. I love Agents of Short, reaching right above that five feet. All right. So, Agents of Short. Is uh, still working through our Waterdeep adventure. Okay. Um, we pick up inside of our Umber. Okay. Um, and taking a short rest and then going down to the docks. The blizzard outside is still raging. The water is frozen over. It's not a good time. Doesn't so sound we like get, it. 
No, no. And we get dropped off. And, of course, we're all still pretty beat up from the last couple of encounters. So we haven't taken a chance to rest, really rest yet. So we get to this section of town and we're trying to figure out, okay, where is our target? So a couple of uh, questions and some investigation roles and the street urchin network that one of our characters has been building yeah. points us to where this guy's at. So we, we of course, immediate, first thing we'll do is we're going to disguise ourselves as a members of the uh, city legal uh, like constables and stuff. Okay. And just inquire politely. Of course, we do the knock thing. No noise. Do the knock thing. We hear something in the background and we go, I thought I heard screaming. Probable cause. Open the door. Find our target trying to murder someone in dun, their dun, home. Dun. Which, from there, then battle ensues. And we subdue the guy... And tie him up, and as we attempt to leave the building, we're greeted by a group of thugs. Who, and of course, again, we're all pretty worse for her. We're not really up for another fight. Yeah. No, this is a group of nine thugs. And one of them tosses a little kid, NPC player, off the dock. Hits the wa hits the water, breaks through the ice, and now is struggling to stay afloat in this freezing water in the middle of a blizzard. Yeah. Um. One of our characters, uh, Jim, he uh, tosses our prisoner down the same path toward the. So he's in the water, and then because it was trying to get these guys to back off and just let us go. Yeah. No, got into the fight. The fight was not going well for us. <laughs> uh, I was getting a little rough there, but finally it's uh, we managed to do some trickery, convince them that more constables were arrive were coming to investigate. So they decided to kill the person we're trying to get information from and then dart off. We're left going, well, this sucks. And so we so we, we leave off going to get a long rest. So it's not it wasn't a whole lot that went on, a lot of combat related stuff. Okay. But it was one of those is like I could not connect for nothing. They couldn't connect on me for nothing, which is a good thing. I probably <laughs> would have been killed. Yeah. Not fun. The dice gods. Very very situational. Yes, very situational type thing. <laughs> so <laughs> Agents of Short will continue on. I mean, we all know where this is going to end, so that we can start working on uh, Boulder's Gate. Yeah. In the ne in the next uh, in the in, in our next adventure, but we're still trying to ride this through. Yeah. Well, breath. <laughs> Breathe. Um, I am still playing a little bit of Pokemon Go. Oh, really? Yep. What do you think of the new changes? I do like the new changes. Okay. But I I hit a snag with Fighting Team Rocket. Uh oh. Because their their CP is twice as much as mine now. The people that I'm fighting right now. Oh wow. Yeah, so I'm just like, you know what? Nah. So I'm just <laughs> gonna we're just walking around catching Pokemon now. Fair enough. <laughs> Alright. Next up we're gonna talk some Balahack. Balahack. 
So yeah, Balhack, uh, airsoft.com, check that out. Um, some stuff we're going to talk about in gameplay. Um, actually, for this time, um, I want to dive into a game that I actually played in this weekend, and that is Chaos. Chaos. And we talked a lot about attack and defense. We talked a lot about, about scenario, uh, those kinds of things. Well, let's kind of want to dive into this one and here's setting this up i had a, i worked a had plans to do a game saturday afternoon didn't quite make it to the game the game yeah. didn't happen so i had yeah. a full day on the field well i decided to bring out a couple of things and play okay so when i go to play i am setting for my work loadout I'm using uh, Classic Army M24 LTR. Okay. Uh, that I got, I'm going to get one of those Gen 1. I've had it for about 6-8 months. Um, I've got a, a Lancer Tactical Scope on it. It's a 4x12, I believe. And so this one's fairly old, so it's pretty broke in. I ended up having a 25-foot uh, minimum engagement distance. Um, and I'm using... When I was using this, I used 3.6... Uh, point, point three six weight BBs. I don't want to use lightweight BBs. I was trying. I'm trying to work my way into the heavier weight stuff. I have some two fives I'm burning through for my M4. That's three O's I use in my shotgun and the uh, MP5 that I've got. Okay. Which, when I do play with those, I'll we'll, we'll go into more of that particular load. But so talking about chaos. So let's talk chaos. Chaos is a game that, when I first heard about it, my first thought was, in Halo, you have a multiplayer thing with where it's like infection. Yeah. Where you have your blue and your red, and every time a red kills a blue, that blue is now on the red team. Yeah. And grows and grows and grows. Very similar how this works. A Chaos game, there's no. it's a soft start game. The get into groups uh, anywhere from four to ten, depending on the number of players on the field. Mm-hmm. Each team has a challenge and reply. This is an old old tactic. It's a two-word fra- two phrase. Um, back in World War II, they used yeah. to use thunder, lightning. Yeah. To say thunder, if they didn't reply with lightning, now obviously they're hostile. Mm-hmm. So that's how this works. Salt, pepper. Some of our favorite, some of the ones I've, that we've seen over and over and over again, it's like pancake, baby Yoda... Uh, <laughs> um, so you have these challenge codes well the idea is your team has challenge code you, you shout out the code if they don't reply then you shoot them now everyone is a medic okay alright when you shoot play, when you kill players on the opposing team you can go medic them to make your team larger yeah. the objective is to have the largest team on the field so this is an absorption type thing um, chaos games Chaos games, depending on who's playing and what time of day you play it, is going to have varying results. Yeah, we I've done we've done chaos games in the morning where it's like small groups, kind of east west. We've taken elements of the chaos rules, which is the whole everyone's a medic, use your challenge and reply, yeah. make your team larger, and kind of work through that way. If you have it working out right, the game can go on like and and a lot of games will end in the town which on the map is pretty much right there 
in G and F, G, and H, uh, 12 through 13. That's pretty much the town, and that's pretty much where most everything ends. There have been a few games, and these are the ones I really enjoy the most, where yeah. the end was actually, one of them, the end was in the LZ. Okay. Had, the te had a team decide to just hang out there and last there the entire time. That was really cool. Had a team move all the way north into the North Firebase, okay. which on the map is uh, roughly E and F, uh, 3 and 4. Okay, I see. On the on the grid, and so had the had the whole had the players kind of roll up through there and then bring it bring them back and chase them down the right the uh, Moses Trail and the right and the North Pond Trail, which the Moses Trail starts there on uh, D five and moves all the way down through uh, ten. We're a little bit into the D and E five through ten there, so it's not bad. It's a narrow trail, but it, it adds for a lot of interesting gameplay. Mm -hmm. Now, me, this is I don't play a lot of games mm -hmm. I, for various reasons. So when I got when I when I took off my my martial vest and I went to my jeep and I pulled out my LTR, I really quick sighted it in, stood there, and then I had several players all like wait. You're playing? I said, I'm like, yeah, I'm standing. You're going to do the sniper thing. Like, this is this is why I'm holding this. Yeah, you yeah. Know? You know, it's got on my shoulder. I just wanted to look cool. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to find my niche when yeah. it comes to playing Airsoft. Yeah. I really don't have one yet because I don't play. I, I play, but I don't play a whole lot. Yeah. And so, it's like, all right. And realizing that, okay. Playing a sniper on a day like Saturday did not work out so well because I had I had issues. Yeah. So I come out and I, I was standing with one group, but that group had like 12 people. So I was like, yeah. that's a little unfair. So I moved over to another group I was affiliated with and got in with them. And our call sign was J-Lo. Yeah. So... We go and we started in the tower, which is the north side of the town. Okay. Um, I would say it's probably probably G eleven or G ten. Okay. On the map is where about where the tower is. So we started in the tower, which is cool. So I go all the way to the top, and I'm trying to figure out a place. Yeah. And it's like, all right, I have my scope. My scope's roughly sighted in. I still have still have to kind of work through that. But then it was like, all right, cool. So I get hit, have to go all the way down to get medicked, medicked, kind of wandering around, and then I start having fogging issues. Because okay. fogging happens, and I'm sitting here with my full face mask and everything else, and my, I start to fog right in the center of the lens where I would look through the sight. Mm -hmm. And as I'm doing that it's like it's getting hard to see at one point i'm getting around behind the we have like an rv trailer yeah all the windows are blown out you can <laughs> kind of see through i had a bead on a guy by the east pond east east, east swamp pipeline yeah um which again we're just talking hi uh 10 through 12 on the map roughly okay is i'm got a line on him and i think i got it but when i sight in i'm actually 
hitting the rail of the hitting not hitting him not hitting near him because i can't see through the scope enough yeah and finally it's like all right i go and i medic up saladin because he was out playing he borrows the ltr and pull pops a few shots off yeah and then it's all right he goes toward the tower and then i go and it's like all right i i have this engagement distance so i can't get too close with two people because you know the that's how engagement distance yeah. work you're not supposed to because if you hit somebody if you have something that's that powerful and you're too close you're gonna end up leaving welts and stuff which is nobody really wants that yeah you want to you want to have fun but you don't want to come back like you know needing medical attention yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i ended up medicking people inside of one of the connex boxes next behind the tower and behind the ruins um as we're sitting there, and of course, and this on the map is roughly G11, I want to say, is about where this Connex is. Okay. So I'm in there and I'm medicking people. And of course, I spend so much time marshalling, it's, I'm doing it. Because medic, the, medic, the way medic works is you, you, you maintain physical contact with somebody and yeah. you go one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi yeah. for 60 seconds. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, when the adrenaline gets flowing, they start going tap, 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 tap. And yeah. it's like, no, you got to slow down. Yeah. I mean, as it says in the brief, 30 seconds and a minute can change a lot yeah. of the outcome. But there's no reason to sacrifice that. Yeah. Because a little bit of time and you'll be back in the gameplay. Just yeah. go with it. So I'm sitting there and I'm doing the tapping. And it's like, get somebody up. And by this point, I'm in a Connex box. It's kind of dark. I can't see and now i'm completely fogged over the most i get is a vague outline of a body <laughs> so i'm like i i have an engagement distance i don't have a secondary just bring me people to medic yeah. finally they bring me and they, so it's like all right this guy comes i medic him he gets up he walks over gets shot another guy brings it back to me <laughs> i mean this was kind of a rotating thing with the same four people cycle the first day people cycle <laughs> and then the finally day. at one point i'm leaning against the wall they're over on the other end where there's a window and a door, yeah. and you start to hear BBs ricochet off the walls, and a couple of the guys are like, did I get hit? I'm not sure if I got hit. Again, I marshal a lot. I've listened to the rules all the time. I, I go, when in doubt, call it out. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. So they put their dead rags on, and they say, I'm, I'm hit, and it's like, because not sure. Because that's the thing we do. We want to, for the spirit of the game... You want to call your hits. Yeah. You want to be like, look, I got hit. It's not a big deal. Yeah. People, More people get irritated when they don't, when hits aren't called yeah. because of it's, I, they're assuming, they, yes, there are a lot of times there's a lot of ricochets, there's a lot of things that might yeah. bounce, but it's that benefit of the doubt. It's like, look, it's, it, it's not that big of a deal. You got to respawn, you got a medic. If people's doing, if yeah. everybody's doing their role, Gameplay just kind of flows, and there and that, and this is one of the things that makes chaos as a back and forth is everybody doing their part. So I'm in there, I get everybody all medic back up. They all leave the connex to go looking for more things, and by this point I can't see anything. So I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna walk back off the field to defog because you never, 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 never want to mess with the eye pro on the field because yeah. you never know I never know when some super secret ninja is going to get that shot off and it pops you in the eye and then you can't see for the rest of your life and yes i 
just about quoted that safety video. If y'all have seen it, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so I walk back to the field. Now here's some. Here's another one of those things where it's like I've been on. I'm on there so much. I traversed the field from um, roughly G12, G10 to G11 on the map, all the way down to uh, E15, can't see, can't see at all, yeah. just kind of walking, uh, then it's like, and then the next game is a scenario style game, and I play out there for a little bit, and of course by mm -hmm. this point, Skittles comes out to the field, my wife comes out to the field, and Skittles brings a friend, Okay. right? So they're coming in. They're going to observe for her friend's going to observe because I didn't want to want her to see if she yeah. really, you know, little kids are are kind of finicky when it comes to getting them on the field. It's great that they come onto the field, yeah. but you never know how they're going to react to it. Some kid I've seen kids get all cat catatonic once BBs start flying. And I've seen kids just charge people when BB start flying. <laughs> yes, so I'm talking it, about Skittles charging people. She does that. People have commented to me. It's really kind of disconcerting to see her charging at you yeah. <laughs> in an airsoft game. But so they were observing. And I was, again, and I'd gotten a few shots off, but then I started to fog again. Yeah. Well, at this point, instead of walking down a a well-defined path where I could see the turns, I end up walking from the pond, which on the map is, looks like it's a D10, uh, through the barrier woods, which is that whole D, E, and F, 11 through 15, and that's all wood. That's, there's no, there's not a lot of really delineated paths. And I walked through that yeah. completely fogged up. And it's like, so I made a comment to the GA later, uh, to Saladin, and then the GA is like, I've been on the field so much, I can walk completely blind from one end to the other in the woods. It's just like, I just know where to go. <laughs> I just, Five the force is strong. It's not a mind trick. Yes. So that was Saturday, which left into, and then Sunday... So I get home Saturday, I'm breaking everything down, and Skittles and her friend are like, can we go back tomorrow? Of course. You, um, you sure? I'm like, all right. Talk to her friend's parents. They were on board with it. Brought them out to the field. The two of them played from open till about, well, I got off about 2, so about 2.30. Yeah. But they made the, uh, fa the uh, Facebook camera roll. Mm -hmm. So if you go to Facebook... Um, Look for Ballahack Airsoft on their Facebook page. Look, they do a photo album of every weekend of gameplay. And you look at Sunday's gameplay, there'll be pictures of the two of them all decked out. She's running with the MP5. Or Skittles is running with her MP5. Um, her friend is running with a uh, combat machine uh, M4 style. It's yeah. mostly all polymers, so it's relatively yeah. light. The two of them are doing that. They've had... They were having a great time, and it, they have now coined a new name. Mm -hmm. They are the Battle Gnomes. <laughs> yes, they are my Battle Gnomes. That is, um, 
<laughs> it works. It, it works. It totally works. It works, but it's funny at the same time. And, and if you're an anime fan, and you've watched uh, Sword Art Online's spinoff series, GGO. I haven't seen that, but I've seen Sword Art, out. and I've watched all of Sword Art. So, Well, there's a GGO, which is kind yeah. of a spinoff focusing yeah. on Gungale Online. Oh, yeah. Well, the two main characters is like one's a little girl with a pink P90. Yeah. And the other one's a little girl who, wearing yellow with a couple of du- with dual grenade launchers. Yes. Well, Skittles and her friend, Skittles wore pink, her friend wore yellow. So tell me if that's not a cosplay opportunity. It is a cosplay opportunity. I say go for it. I'm looking for a P90 now to, to sit there and put that together. Because I, I, they, they make the P90 and they do make grenade launchers. They are pretty wicked. And they got yeah. a 25-foot MED, but that would be definite room clearing. But I just think the, seeing the two of them would be hilarious. Oh, yeah. But That'd if not, so great. Battle Gnomes, they had a blast. Um, <laughs> they definitely want to go back out. I'm sure but the Battle Gnomes will be out of Balahack again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see a lot in the future. Yes, a lot of Battle Gnomes. Dun, dun, dun. Um, so kind of go back over here. Um, so, got a couple of things, got a couple of other things to kind of give a shout out. Um, shout outs. Yeah, some shout outs. I'm still working this through because this is again based on some of the feedback I got. Yeah. And recently, since kind of rolling with this theme here, um, I was running with a bolt action rifle, doing doing the sniper thing. Yeah. Well. Last week I had mentioned that one of the big airsoft uh, manufacturers or personalities, Novrich, came out with two new rifles. Yeah. Um, the S the SSG ten A one and A two. Okay. Well, these are supposed. The I don't have pictures. I do apologize. But in the show notes, I'm going to have links to where you can check this stuff out. But something I want to kind of showcase and give a shout out to is a couple of YouTubers related to Balahack, or at least one of, one of them is obviously Swamp Sniper because his concept for this promo video is absolutely hilarious, where he jumped, in, where he jumped into uh, the bucket of an excavator and was te- doing some test shots with, <laughs> with, one of the, with, one, with one of these new SSG-10s. It's hilarious. Um, YouTube.com slash... Uh, or youtube.com look for swamp sniper check that video out it is absolutely a riot uh, another one is um from another player it's his channel is called getty underscore got and he does an actual comparison of the ssg 24 which is the most common novel trifle i see out there yeah and he's new, and this and he has a new SSG ten, yeah. and he does a comparison on both of them to the video. Um, I also gonna have a link to the actual Novrich US website to where you can check out and check the stuff out. Sorry, I don't have pictures; didn't quite get all of that together. But I'm gonna try and go that forward. But I'm also gonna try and do a shout out to various airsoft YouTubers like who do especially those that are on the Balak community and so far the last two videos that Getty has put out I'm in there at some point at somewhere somewhere doing something I'm in there I'm in there doing something one of them I think I'm doing a brief before a game yeah 
And another one is I'm doing I'm running Chrono, so I'm actually chronoing these guns <laughs> that he's gonna use for this comparison. So, but I always I like them. They're not bad. I'm probably not gonna ever get one, but um, another shout out would be to House Gamers Airsoft. Um, he has a video where he puts one of these SSG tens through a bunch of stress testing. Like he, he buries it, yeah. tries to dig a hole with it. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely a stress reliever. <laughs> it's it's great. Again, I'll have links to all that stuff in the show notes. Uh, when you go look at the VOD on uh, YouTube or as well as our on uh, the community pages. So lots of fun with that. Um, I need a, I need a breather. <laughs> a lot of talking there, but a lot of Balahack. A lot of Balahack. I like. I, I I spend a lot of time Balahack. I want to do more things for Balahack. Yeah. Not so much Balahack individually, but just airsofting. Because you know, I think airsofting is a nice niche where you can get some good stuff going on. And trying to showcase like some of these YouTubers who do videos out there, it's like try to build that community thing. And I know I've seen other people they do like community shout outs is like these people do these projects um that kind of thing um so try to also build together like if you go go into uh the scuba studio youtube channel um trying to follow all of these various youtubers affiliate who who, do do things airsoft that i've met and talked to and whatnot so obviously there's there there's the uh there's the there's Swamp Sniper, which you know, got to give him, got to give, got to give the shout outs to him because shout out to you. If it wasn't friend. for him, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing here with trying to talk about airsoft and playing airsoft and all that. So it helps out. You know, thank you to you. My hey, that's how it is. It's like shout out. To, it's those kind of various shout outs. It's like cool, and he's the the community there is cool. These videos are nice because it gives you an idea of how things are playing. And there's other people I know who are doing videos. So as soon as I, if any of them see this or want to let me sh- do more shout-outs for their stuff, we'll, I'll start compiling that list and we'll see maybe if I can't find a way to play some of them or link some of them up here a little easier for people to check out. So with that, I'm rambling. So I think I need to stop rambling and we need to talk about odds and ends. Odds and endies. Oh, indies. wait. No, no, wait. Rewind. Rewind. We're not going to do that. Beep, beep. Stop, stop. Time out. Time out to the outs. Before we get to odds and ends, we're going to talk. I guess it, it all kind of fits into odds and ends. And we got a couple of different news stories. Um, one of them is kind of a gaming related, and another one is kind of just a general tech related. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll do our intro for odds and ends, and we'll just. Do all of these stories together. A mix and match of all of them. Yeah, kind of a mixing it up. So with that... Okay, so odds and ends. 
Don't have any pictures for these stories this week. You have my hands, people. My hands. Magic hands. Jazz hands. All right. So first thing we're going to talk about, and this is kind of a big deal, especially uh, at least to me because of my personal, my particular history with with this, and that is, um, in case y'all aren't aware, there was this merger going on between T-Mobile and Sprint. T-Mobile had positioned themselves and made an offer to purchase Sprint at a cash payout per per share. Yeah. Um, when you have mergers like this, things they tend to go through a lot of legal hubaloo, and they have to go through several approvals through various government agencies. Yeah, especially being a big merger like this. Oh, huge merger. We're talking the third and fourth largest uh, tel- uh, cell phone providers in the United yeah. States. Well... They there was a sign the the FCC signed off on this, and then a whole slew of states decided to throw in and sue to try and block the merger for on on the grounds of this would reduce competition and make things harder for consumers. Yeah, which again, if you know your history, this is this this is all why we have. These antitrust suits, or why we have these the, these these regulations against monopolies, back yeah. in the history lesson there, because you know I love history, and that's uh, industrial revolution of uh, of America. There was the whole Standard Oil, yes, and Standard Oil pretty much took over every smaller one or forced a lot of them out. Fast forward a hundred years or so to now, now we're seeing, uh, and we've all. We've all seen these large companies like Walmart or um, Microsoft that seem to have a hold on the mar- hold on the market. Well, the difference between them now versus things like Standard Oil in the past is they're not actively really is is competition can still exist, yeah, and competition is protected, yeah. Whereas they can't just force it out, yeah. Of course, now with society being what it is, it's like now all of a sudden we have this thing about too big to fail where these large companies obviously cannot go away because they're but companies come and go yeah i mean it happens yeah um, there there are companies that were huge 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 50 years ago that don't exist at all now Another great one is the whole Sears thing. Yeah, it used to be back in the day. I feel like we were on the same. Back in the day, you get that Sears catalog, that big freaking can't rip it or nothing catalog. Mm-hmm. You'd scroll through and you could buy your Cub Scout uniform, you could buy your tools, you could buy, buy a clothes house. that you could literally cut, try to cut, and it would stop a saw blade. I mean, I'm exaggerating, obviously, but no, it could stop a saw blade. Believe that, people. <laughs> Believe it. So you'd get that. Well. Sears now is like, where are they at? They were bought by Kmart, and yeah. even Kmart's kind of going away. Well, uh, just recently, the last Kmart in North Carolina is going to close on the Outer Banks. So pretty much there's no Kmart in either Virginia or North Carolina. See? Anyway, so, roundabout way of coming back down to this is that a judge approved the merger for T-Mobile and Sprint. And this merger is tagged at... 26 roughly 26 billion dollars yes it's huge it's a very 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 big merger but it is one that has been in the works for a couple years yeah i'm gonna say a couple years because i remember it being spoken a couple years how this uh, now this actually comes to affect me in the sense that 
I'm a current T-Mobile subscriber, and I'm not affiliated with them. This is my opinions. My opinions are my own. Um, I had Sprint. I had I have T-Mobile. I have shares of Sprint. And so when I got my shares of Sprint, I got a copy of this merger deal yeah. that I could look through and actually see how this yeah. goes and see the payout. So as an investor, I think this is kind of cool because then my value is going to go up because these, share, these shares are either going to get bought out or rolled in and where now I have shares in T-Mobile. Yeah. And to, to give you an idea why T-Mobile is buying this is... Sprint shares were trading at roughly five to seven dollars a share. T-Mobile yeah. is on average about forty dollars a share. Yeah, so it's good business, I think. And you know, maybe I'm just maybe I'm crazy to some people, but I'm trying. I'm trying. Drop I mean, it like it's Very hot. amateur. Drop on it that. like it's hot. Um. So big on these these mergers. Another one. Uh, our next story to talk about. Or do you have any thoughts on this? Um. It I don't is, want to feel it, like I'm steamrolling you. Do you have any no, thoughts? It is, it is a very big deal because at the same time you can see whenever big mergers happen like this, it's going to be a fight because, you know, it's lessening the competition in a way because it's going from four major to three major. But at the same time, like you said, the mergers help help a company grow because you have a bigger – you have a merging of two infrastructures – and it allows for technology of one side to look at technology on the other side and build it up. Because it might dr actually drive the competition even more higher than what it is and lead to faster evolution of the, the wireless networks. Mm -hmm. So and There's more information in the article that the, the link is uh, it's from NBCnews.com on their business section. You can And that the headline is Judge Approves $26 Billion Merger of T-Mobile and Sprint. Yeah. Basically, the the states that were trying to prevent this could not justify, could not make an argument that would overrule them having the merger. Like, they're so. And if we, I can do a quick quote from it. Go from for the, it. From uh, from the decision filed Tuesday, Judge Victor Marissa wrote, "Quote: The resulting stalemate leaves the court lacking sufficiently impartial and objective grounds on which to rely." In basing a sound forecast of the likely competition effects of a merger, so basically it's saying that yes, it's going from four to three, but there's no obvious uh, obvious evidence that the competition would be frayed. And with this, there's actually one thing left for this deal, and that is uh, they they have to get through uh, California state. Uh, there's a there's a there's a state agency or state law within California that prevents. That they have to get approval from before this can really pick up steam. But as far as a large picture thing, this this ruling kind of paves that road. Yeah. So, so there, there's a give and take on both sides, but it's just a matter of uh, seeing what happens. Because mm -hmm. even like a merger like Sears and Kmart, you saw what that did. Yeah, Craftsman Tools and Kmart. I think Craftsman Tools still around somewhere. Oh, it is. It is. But it was like Sears' big thing. Yeah. All right. So next one. And again, this is the kind of large and whatever. And I kind of teased this with Microsoft. Um, recent article with uh, the head of Xbox, Phil Spencer. Um, talking about Xbox's competition or how they are, how the whole gaming community is. And this year we're expecting new console from Microsoft. New console from PlayStation. Yeah. 
PS5 and Xbox Series X. And, of course, a lot of us gamers or whatever, we've all kind of grown up with the whole thing that it's the big three. It's Nintendo, PlayStation, and Xbox are always fighting it out. Well, this article from Gamasutra.com is talking about how Phil Spencer is basically saying that his he doesn't feel that Nintendo and PlayStation are Xbox's competition anymore. He feels that Amazon and Google are now the main competitors for Xbox because one of the new things that Xbox will be having is their whole cloud uh, gaming platform, the xCloud, which is obviously a going to be a competitor with Google Stadia. Yeah. And... I don't know what and, and Amazon has got. Amazon's got their hands somewhere, so I'm sure there's some type of cloud computing, cloud gaming thing that Amazon does as mm, well. That the can money be, they have, they can do whatever they want. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're running Twitch for yeah. crying out loud. So, Hi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what do you think about this one? Um, this comment is is it, I look at it as a twofold approach because I've. Heard, I've heard mention of this, how Microsoft tends to think that their competition is beyond the traditional medium of gaming consoles. Mm-hmm. And basically what um, Phil Spencer is saying here, <coughs> that the way that Microsoft is building, they're not building to compete with their their traditional competitors. They want to work with them so they can compete against the bigger boys because, uh, because what it is is that Microsoft is investing in connectivity of everything which is why he looks at Google and Amazon who have their hands in, co- in connections with people around the world um, as the bigger foray. And if you can work together with the other two, it could be a more prime example to build a bigger web against these non-traditional gaming companies. That's fair. So, I mean, there was a story recently that PlayStation was saving their price point on how they're going to pri- pri- position the new PlayStation price-wise until after Xbox yeah. announces what their pricing model is going to be. Yeah. Just as the scene how Sony and Nintendo builds their console on traditional means, you can see how Microsoft has slowly moved away from just a traditional console from the original Xbox, and every iteration has slowly incorporated you know, more community-based, more online interaction, more interaction that is web related than just well, traditional it's one of the things consoles. like when the first when the xbox one first launched it was the concept behind that was to try to be an enter your entertainment yeah. hub in your in, yeah. in your entertainment center he got a lot of backlash but eventually they kind of won out that argument because of where xbox is now oh yeah you have, you have xbox game pass you have mixer you have a bunch of all entertainment a section on top of the gaming stuff which helps bridge two worlds yes so very much so Alrighty, uh, next up, and this is kind of one of those weird ones, or not weird, but if you're a science nerd. The next one down? Yep. Okay. Next one down. Go ahead, take it away. Okay, so this is, uh, I caught this one time, and I was like, okay, I'm not biting. I saw it again a second time reported through Apple News, but the link that you shared is, uh, what it came. So, <laughs> so we hooked you. Yeah. You're hooked. All right. Uh, mutual friend shared it. And I was like, okay, it must be true. Um, so this is an article that started out on Vice, and the headline is, Something in deep space is sending signals to Earth in steady 16-day cycles. So basically what is happening is that every 16-day cycles, they're getting a uh, radio frequency 
known as FRVs from a, a close galaxy. When I mean close, it's it's still um, 500 million light years away, but that's close in relative sense. Oh, it's sense right around the block. To, yeah, it's close in relative sense to a lot of other stuff that scientists look beyond our solar system. Yeah. So. I gotta be honest. The, the, this one is like, yeah, that's cool, but personally, it's like, until we can get off this rock, it don't mean anything. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're all this supposition and all this probes, it's like, no, let's get off the rock. Let's just start building and start calling, leaving the planet, and let's start doing that. Let's actually go find these signals and then lead to independence days. It could be, you know, they're friendly. This doesn't mean they have to be hostile. Aliens, Independence Day, Mars Attacks, Predator. Fine. Maybe so Interstellar. I'm the only one who lives in the Star Trek utopia. There's hey, conflict, there is but unknown, hey. There is an unknown region in Star Wars, and you don't want to mess there. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of, ooh, guess. spooky. All right. Uh, another Microsoft one, and this one is, I kind of would like to see this. Because I'm sure you and I can both attest to, and I'm, plenty of people watch this can attest, there are times we live in very high-stress work environments at times. Yes, it's a very it's a very a high-strung world out there, regardless if you we work in two separate industries, but it's still high-stress to the max. Because, Especially at different times of year. Yeah. Well, in this next story, um, Microsoft switches to a four-day work week, and product, productivity jumps 40%. Now, reading into this article, this is a this is a small subsection of the Microsoft uh, world. Yeah. In fact, this was the Microsoft offices in Japan, if yeah. I remember right. Yes. They switched to a four day work week, and productivity increased. And this was kind of a interesting tidbit because there's a lot of other things trying to work on yeah. these alternative work weeks because. And, and Americans are really bad for this, is, you know, just working 24, working, working, working. Yeah. But, yeah, what what this is leaning towards is an is a, is a evolution of changing the norm of what is considered a 9-to-5 job. Because this the, Microsoft isn't the only company that has done this, um, as reported in this article on ReturnNow.net. A New Zealand trust management company called Perpetual Guardian made headlines in 2018 when it announced a 20% uh, productivity increase during the experiment of the same kind of thing. Four-day work week, three days off. Because the whole thing is this whole work-life balance. Yeah. Like me, I work seven days a week now. Yeah. Seven days a week with uh, essentially three different jobs. Yeah. Doing the studio stuff, the yeah. stuff at the airsoft field, and then my, my normal yeah. job that pays the bills. But yeah, this isn't this isn't something new. It's new here. It's new in certain areas, but it's something that they do in Europe a lot more. And you can see um, the standards of living and the high, the just the high morale is indifferent. And then a couple of projects I've done in my pro con class where we I analyze different places when it comes to working, you know, in Sweden, and UK, and Australia, and here. You could see the different productivity levels when you actually give people time to breathe. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it allows workers to be more creative and turn out more intuitive, you know, decision making, making the company better in the long run. Yeah, that yeah. works. I can go with that. Yeah. Work life balance. Yeah, work life balance. And uh, speaking of work life balance, because, you know, some, you, you got to find your significant other and then you got to. 
if in case you decide to go that route to where you want to get married and spend the rest of your time together or, you know, cohabitate for the rest of your lives, you got to think about that perfect ring to you get. got to get the perfect ring. And people. you know what? In honor of the fact last Saturday, last Sunday. The, yeah, Sunday. Let's talk about how Domino's unveiled a $9,000 diamond encrusted pizza slice engagement ring. Wait, what? Seriously? Yeah, so there Seriously? is... Seriously? Um... A diamond encrusted ring with a pizza slice? Hey, you know, tender and juicy, cheesy, with some meat. <sighs> okay. But yeah, $9,000 for an engagement ring is pretty pricey. $9,000 for an engagement ring in shape of a Domino's pizza? Oh, you must I, be a fan. I could definitely tell you there are some people it's like they're all about that rock and the status that's perceived by the size of the rock you can walk around saying i got pizza on my finger (laughs) shining yeah Mm -hmm. and with that i think we're i think we're done with goofy crazy news goofy (laughs) that's how the odds and endings work that's true. Odds and ends and general news. Let's talk about stories across the internet. So we give our opinions. Our opinions are our own. So uh, with that, I think we'll kind of start working through our contact info. Thanks for hanging out with us this long. I know this is probably one of our longer episodes. One of them. One of them. Yeah. But that's okay. If this format works out really good, we'll kind of keep it up. So let's uh, start talking contact stuff. So yeah, I've got contact stuff. All over the place. There's a button there, there's a button there, there's a button there. Click. Oh, um, click. I got yeah. links. I got links. I got funds. So. 82, but three. <laughs> Again, shout out to Sirenscape for soundboards and background music. Shout out to Battlehack Airsoft for all the great fun and stories that are yield from that. And uh, shout out to the community on the for those uh, people who come out there. New players, old players. It's a great time. And for finding us, uh, Reich, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram under Incubus Trav. Message me, like me, send a friend request. And it's up there on the screen for Guy. And you can find me, Scuba, at ScubaCod on Twitter, Instagram, and all that fun stuff. You can, If you like the show and want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash scubastudio. Patreon members get exclusive access and early access to some of our content, including our 20 or 30 minute Patreon only conversation with uh, including and access to our Discord server or a higher tier access to the Discord server. Also, if you want to send feedback, we would love some feedback to make the show better, to make this uh, more enjoyable, see if we got to split things off. And that is you can email us at scubastudio at gmail.com. Uh, I think that's it, right? Yeah. All right. Well, with that, we wish you all a good night. And if you're a Patreon member, stand by. We're going to roll in a Patreon here in just a moment. Peace.